Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Norman Grimes and Norman is the owner and lead trainer of NG Training Limited. Uh, He's an experienced facilitator of leadership, personal and team development programs and is a qualified trainer, business coach and life coach. He's got over 20 years of experience of delivering development initiatives around Europe, North America, Africa and Asia and has an engaging and interactive approach, which we'll see perhaps a little bit more later on, to delivering uh, delivery, ensuring that learning is both retained and applied, which is really uh, interesting. Norman holds a BSc in Applied Biology, and there's lots of things that uh, you've put here in the bio, Norman, that I'm going to just mention a couple, and we'll cover some of them a little bit later on. But uh, he was the first test to screen blood for HIV, uh, won the Queen's Award for Technological Technological Achievement and resulted in Norman being presented to Majesty of the Queen at Buckingham Palace. I'm trying to see what else you've got here. There's something, oh yeah, this is the one I think I wanted to mention. In 1981, listeners, Norman was the donor in one of the first ever successful bone marrow transplants from an unrelated donor. And that was organized through the Anthony Nolan charity. As a consequence, uh, he's done some fundraising and runs 12 marathons. Wow. To raise funds for the life-saving work and organizing a number of charity balls. Uh, And he's a director of Dartford Football Club. Uh, Is that still the current director, Norman? Yes. Yep. So is a director of Dartford Football Club and his his big passion other than kids and wife. I'm glad you said that. Uh, We'll talk about the priority of that perhaps a little bit later on. Uh, so welcome to today's podcast thank you for having me on simon pleasure to be here and you were saying just before we started the recording that you're a dedicated and i use that word dedicated because i've not had anybody mention that on any of these podcasts yet a dedicated tea drinker so what are you drinking today and what may what do you mean by dedicated to tea drinking so uh, probably it might be addictive rather than dedicated. <laughs> okay. So um, the background. So I was a microbiologist um, and I, I worked in a, a lab where we were handling all sorts of different bacteria and viruses, etc. cetera. Um, so we couldn't drink tea. Uh, you couldn't have anything hand to mouth. So we used to come out in the morning and have a cup of tea and possibly get one in the afternoon, depending on how work went. And then right. I came a transition in my job when I moved into marketing nice office outside my yeah. door was the coffee percolator yeah. smell of the coffee was amazing so I started drinking coffee and um, a few weeks into the job I realized I was really not very well uh, couldn't work out what it was it took right. me a long time and then I realized it was the coffee it was the caffeine it was a coffee um, so um, so I, I really have coffee now I do like coffee sometimes yeah. I have a decaf coffee but as happened the other day I asked for a decaf. I got a caffeinated one. 20 minutes down the line, I was feeling horrible. Oh, yeah. uh, 
heart palpitations and everything. So, yeah. and I know but you don't, but you don't get that. You don't get that with decaf coffee. Um, so with decaf coffee, I'm all right. I'm yeah. fine. Okay. But it's just yeah. you know sometimes I ask for decaf and I don't. Oh, yeah. I'm fairly certain it wasn't decaf afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's not worth the risk. So, so what's what's the tea that you're drinking then today? So the tea, bog standard tea um, from the yeah. supermarket. But normally I drink a, a brand which is Glengetty, which is a Welsh one. Oh, um, I've not heard it's of that. Not available generally where I live. Um, so uh, yes, that's my favourite brand. A very nice. Tasty. And how do you drink your tea? Is it strong, weak, sugar? Strong with a dash of milk and uh, the, okay. the, so the the real challenge and it, it has surprised me immensely is because I deliver a huge amount abroad mm. wherever I travel we we have a tea break you know yep. I say right it's gonna have a tea break and you can't ever get a cup of tea um there's always yep. coffee and they say to me oh tea oh yes of course you're, you're English you want tea so I say, yes but I can't function <laughs> without tea and then they'll rubble around and then they'll bring me perhaps a tea bag, but it's normally fruity teas. I'm like, no, no, yeah. I want tea, proper tea. Yeah. And then they bring me some hot water, but it's it's lukewarm, which is terrible. You can't have lukewarm water. Yeah. yeah. And then I say, oh, have you got any milk? And they're like, oh, we've got coffee creamer. And you yeah, it's just, not the same. It's no. not. Yes. Now. And to be honest, yeah, that's one of the reasons I moved to coffee. I used to do, uh, I used to have a construction company and I used to do a lot of insurance repair works. And I was always going into people's homes to examine and inspect the insurance work. And they always used to say, would you like a drink? And because I was on the road uh, quite a lot, I'd say, yeah, I'd love a cup of tea, please. Yeah. But the variances that I used to get yes, in tea, yes, yeah. and some of them, yeah, they must have shown it the tea bag from the other side of the road and then put <laughs> half a pint of milk in it. Some, yeah, you know, they they stir, they do theirs with sugar, and then they'd use the same tea bag in my cup, so I get the sweetness in my tea as well. And I just decided that I no longer could I put up with all these different variants of tea. Yeah. So nobody can get coffee wrong when it's just a spoonful of instant coffee. So when when I used to go to the house and you say, "Would you like a drink?" I said, "Yeah, coffee." How do you take it? Just a spoonful of coffee, and it doesn't matter whether it's a slightly bigger. Sp- spoon smaller spoon doesn't really matter no milk and generally you know you get a pretty decent coffee but yeah. tea oh yeah you just drive me nuts yeah 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 particularly when it's very milky or very weak or whatever but um, yeah yeah so Definitely. do you have a favorite coffee then that you uh yes i mean my I, i'm a big starbucks fan so i love yeah. i love my starbucks as most of the listeners will will know uh, at the moment, I'm actually trying to get more onto the um, sort of African blends of beans. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to get a little bit more, which is a little bit darker. And yeah, uh, yeah I certainly can't have too much in the day because um, not that I'm particularly allergic to coffee, but the caffeine definitely would have an effect of keeping me wide awake. Uh, yeah, but... I heard you say in a previous one that you sort of stop at about three or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're probably going to be. Uh, I've got one more podcast interview after this, and that will probably be my last coffee. So I've got a, I've got it in a flask, so it'll last me a while. Yeah, so yeah. I, I found a flask actually helps me drink less coffee, but keeps it fresh and warmer for longer. That's a good so, idea. So that, so that works. That works quite well for me. But from a tea point of view, uh, my favourite tea is actually Yorkshire tea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah you know, uh, that's one of, that's that's what we my wife took me for my 50th birthday to Harrogate where we had Yorkshire tea and we'd always been a sort of supermarket brand tea bag drinker before yeah. then or PG tasted Yorkshire tea and yeah now we only have Yorkshire tea in the house absolutely love it did you go to Betty's tea room in Harrogate then we did yes yeah and we queued as well yes. so uh, yeah amazing uh, but, place I felt it, it was yeah it was really nice and luckily we went in midweek so it wasn't too busy and it was winter as well so not yeah. many people were stood outside queuing because it wasn't <laughs> very nice weather uh, so Norman you you've had uh, such an interesting transition from microbiology then to sort of uh, being a trainer business coach and life coach just give the listeners a little bit of the story of how that came about and tell us a little bit more about the business as it is now so yes so I joined school with with uh, joined school I joined work straight from school as a 16 yeah. year old um, without any qualifications at all I failed all of my exams etc I was very fortunate to find a very good job locally, which was working in, in the laboratory. Um, and it was a tremendous job. It really was good. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you felt like you were, we, were, we were diagnosing different diseases. So it was very, very interesting. But I realized quite early on, I was never going to get very far as a scientist because we had some yeah. very, very clever people there. There were some exceptionally bright people there. Um, so I realized probably my the thing that I would aspire to be was was more of a manager. So I moved into management yeah. and I felt um, that the, the company was transitioning from a very traditional hierarchical to one where it's more of an empowering nature. And that's where I came in. I felt wow. I was really good at empowering people. I was I was a great I felt I was good at coaching, developing people, etc., and I started to get quite a career where I said, well, this is going really well. Could we transition you to this department, which isn't going quite so well? And then uh, I felt, you know, I turned that department around. Um, mm. But as I was doing it, that you know, the thing that I didn't like doing was the tough managerial stuff. So, you know, you had to sack people, performance management, yep. et cetera. What I liked was doing all the development. So I had a natural interest in that. I read loads of books on it. So the more I did it, the more I got involved in, training development those were the night spits and i thought right that's the i want to do the nice bits and not the nasty yeah, bits yeah so i transitioned into learning and development became a business coach and i worked for the company for many years as as sort of the trainer yep. delivering development programs um which it was an international company so it ended up that as i grew I sort of went from being the trainer on that site to, okay, we have other sites in the UK. So I became the UK trainer, then it was UK and Ireland, and then it was Europe. Wow. Um, okay. So you were jetting around when we were able to, diff different locations doing training in lots of different areas. Yes. I mean, you know, I, I would say not, not every week, but I think probably most weeks I was away. Probably every other week I was on a plane flying somewhere. Right to go and yeah. deliver training so um yeah the the ng training that you you have now how long's that been in existence and you know what is it you sort of specializing is there any particular area or is it general training just tell us a little bit more about yes uh, I mean, 2014 uh, it, was, it was a big american company i worked for a big pharmaceutical company they decided to outsource training 
Um, yeah. So I got made redundant, perfect opportunity to set my own business up. Um, cool. And from there, the, the thing that I really enjoy is personal development, leadership development, team development, okay. um, aligned with coaching, supporting all of those, if you like. So, yeah. um, and um, so I do a lot of, you know, the, the normal time management, presentation skills, influencing skills, innovation, all of those sorts of programs. I'm accredited to run a lot of other, pro, you know, um, seven habits, situational leadership, crucial conversations. But the thing I really enjoy is taking people over a period of time, number of modules and, and working with them. So leadership right. um, yeah. over a period of time. And, and, you know, the thing for that, Simon, was that's how suddenly my career took off when mm -hmm. the company put me on a development program and that turned me around. That really yeah. was a big thing for me. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. And I think we have to, I mean, I, I likewise, you know, I did my coaching qualifications way, way back in 19, what would it be? 1992, 1990. Uh, and that was paid for by the company that I worked for then. And, you know, I never dreamt when I did it then because you know, I was managing teams and you, you, looking back, you realise how fortunate you were that you had a company that gave you those kind of opportunities. Sure, uh, sure. And you perhaps don't see it at the time, but you know, on reflection, you definitely can see the value that that gave. And it's great to be able to impart that to other people. So, so well and done think, for that. You know, you know, it's talked about a lot, but you know, often, you know, if you're if you're good at something technically or functionally, yeah. then you become a manager. Yes. Um, and, and, and yet your, your training is in that function. Yeah. You don't get any training to be a manager. And, you know, I, I think now it's recognizing that that's your profession. Now you're a manager now. So yeah. that's what you should be reading about and learning about and developing. Yeah. And, and that's interesting. I've just left a client uh, earlier on this morning and they've got a guy who is, uh, his trade is a carpenter. And they, because he's a good carpenter, they made him into a supervisor. And because he was a good carpenter that did a, quite a good job of supervising, they made him into a manager, which he's not particularly good at. Uh, because he always goes around in his work clothes because he's the first one that wants to go out to site to do something in a yeah, multi-million yeah, yeah. pound business. Um, and yeah, but he's had no support, no training on being a supervisor or a manager. Um, so his default situation is always to go back to, to go back what he actually, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've got to ask a question before I, I ask what you've worked on in your business recently. Dartford Football Club. Tell us a little bit about the passion behind that. So um, I'm, I moved to the area with my job, actually. Um, I've always been a massive football fan. I moved to the area with a job. That was the local football club. Uh, I went and I started watching the club. Um, yeah. Eventually, after a little while, I got me some people and we used to travel all over the country, um, which was thoroughly enjoyable. We used to have this wonderful saying, great day out, shame about the football. So we, right. <laughs> we'd have a weekend away somewhere, which was ruined yeah. by the football. But that was the whole point we went. Um, long story short, the football club folded. Um, somebody bought over, took over the club, sold the ground off for housing. And it was it was like a slow death to us. We saw it coming, but there's nothing we yeah. could do. And the next thing we know, suddenly the club was was no longer. So myself and, and a couple of friends decided we wanted to relaunch it. Um, wow. So we formed a company, issued some shares. We got some local people together. We got in touch with somebody who, former player, and said, would you be manager? Um, he 
picked on our previous youth team actually and based the team on that. We didn't have a we didn't have a league, we didn't have a club, we didn't have a ground. Um, so we we approached a, another club. We we got to play there for a bit, um, and we started up again, and it was great. But then it started to get really tough because not having your own ground, you're having to pay out. Yeah. You haven't got a source of income, which you get from the bars, etc. And after a while, it was looked like we weren't going to be able to keep the club going. All the while, we kept. But we've been approaching the council, trying to work with the council. Um, they weren't interested at all. And long story short, one day the council turned around and said, "We're going to build you a new ground." And um, amazing. Uh, they they it was a site that was dedicated for sporting facilities they couldn't do anything with it and yeah. the Dartford Borough Council were phenomenal they they built us this stadium which is an eco stadium it's won lots mm. of awards um, and um, yes yeah, so suddenly we had a new ground and we were back there and we won three promotions and it's been a phenomenal time very Yes, until this season, when it all yeah. stopped again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and I should imagine. Yeah, we we think about you know all the other industries being affected by COVID, and I think for and a lot of countries that the listeners are probably based in, sport has still actually continued. But in the UK, all sport really stopped, didn't it, for quite quite a significant time. But and it was a bit it, bizarre. I, in that ours was considered elite sport because some of the clubs at our level are full time professional. I mean, we yeah. pay our players, but they're not, they have other jobs. So yeah. they're part-time. So we actually had funding to carry on going. We were told we to carry and we went, yeah. we carried on until December and then the money yeah. was pulled, money ran out and they said, you've got to survive right. on your own. Now we'd foreseen this. We were, and we voted at, at, yeah. with the league to continue, but the, the other clubs decided most of them, not so the, the season got suspended in January. Yeah, yeah. So that's I mean amazing story, and you know the fact that you have you know being involved in the rebuilding of a of a football club is something completely un business related, but also business related in the fact that you know for many businesses they're having to do that at the moment, aren't they? You know, most of their businesses have closed yeah. down, and they literally yeah. are phoenixing from the ashes and it's that's a great story that you've done that with a football club and it's that resilience isn't it it's that keep pushing people and yeah. getting those resources that you need and the the input you need and yeah good on Dartford Borough Council for stepping up yeah and I think for me you know there's a strong link with that and and the, the business and you know what, what I saw as an employee what I've seen with my own business and and you know, what I want to encourage my sort of message is really that the whole point about having a vision, mm. um, because I just think that's so empowering to have a strong vision that people can get behind. So as a company and the companies that I work with, you know, the main thing I've taken away from that is come up with a strong vision and get people yeah. behind it. Um, yeah. And the vision for the football club, interesting enough, was not to win the league. It was to be the centre of the community. Um, uh, okay, and you know that's why the council built it. They weren't concerned whether we won the league. It was a resource for yeah. the community, and there are yeah. statistics that show that local crime has gone down since the football club yeah. opened. Yeah. We now have forty-three teams. Yeah. So all these kids' teams. We have two women's teams that play now. 
we have a disability team, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all of that, which, which is phenomenal. It, it's interesting. I know we're diverging a little bit off the business thing, but uh, I'm not, football isn't my thing. I come from Mansfield. And if anybody listening to this knows Mansfield, you know why I'm not a football person. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm a part of a networking group that meets at Lincoln City Football Club when it was open. Yeah. And by default, I got a little bit more interested in the football. And as part of the networking there, we got some tickets to go and watch. And it was the Cowley brothers. Yes. Who went to, to Lincoln. Yeah. And they, they, I mean, they turned Lincoln around in, in the performance. And the current manager is doing an exceptional job as well. But the one thing that the Cowley brothers, when I, I've met Danny Cowley a few times uh, and had a chat with him. Lovely person. He, yeah. His whole passion is for the community you know before they even agreed to take on you know being managers of lincoln they they embedded themselves in the community they looked at what the football club was doing in the community and yeah. i think that's what got the whole of lincoln be behind the football club in a way that i've never seen done anywhere else before yeah. was the way that they got the community behind the game and behind the club and it yeah. was amazing to see amazing yeah, to see yeah. them do that yeah. And certainly their tactics were more business-like than football-like. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. 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 So thinking about your own business, yeah, what's what's been the thing that you've worked on most recently then? What's been the thing that uh, has perhaps been something you've fixed or evolved recently? Well, so so that was the sort of link, really, that, that in, in the businesses. So, so with my business going in and helping other business, the thing that I've got most engaged about and most passionate about is helping them with their vision. Mm. Um, I mean, yourself, Simon, what, what, if you think back to when have you been most engaged, when have you been almost you can't wait for the weekend to end to come into work, what's that been about? Oh yeah. Well, actually that's that for me, that's every single day. So that's a bit of a difficult one to answer. But that is yeah. great, isn't it? That you have. It that. is. Yeah. And, and that's because my, my vision literally is, is not about me. And it's interesting what you said about the community, but it's about the impact that I have on other people and exactly. all the way of me being in business. Yeah. When I was 23 years old, I set a, a business plan up with my then accountant uh, and a business coach as well to retire at 50 and become a coach stroke consultant to help other businesses duplicate the success I knew I was going to have. I hadn't had the success. I had just started. <laughs> um, but, but then that, what that did show me, and I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek and starting with the why it so, made me, made me realize that, you know, my mission in life rather than vision, but my mission yeah. is to actually uh, help other people and, you know, yes. help every single person I speak with which is the purpose of this podcast as well. But my vision used to be to have a legacy where people would remember me. Actually, yes. I don't care about that anymore. I realized that some time ago. It's not about people remembering me. It's more about people remembering the work that I did for them and the impact it had on them. Yeah. And if people remember yeah. that, then it's not about being a hero and having my name on a headstone. That doesn't make any difference to me. But knowing that people are doing something with what I gave them as a legacy, then that's really important. So yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely yeah. it for me, but I created that vision just at 23 years old and I beat it by nine years. Brilliant. I suddenly Brilliant. retired nine, so nine years earlier. 
it shows you how powerful that vision is. But it was yeah. um, so, I, you know, I, I did some work recently with a local housing association. They provide housing for people that can't afford it, etc. Mm. through the council and everything. So they build houses, they they maintain the houses, etc. Yeah. And they had problem with staff engagement. You know, we went in and I said to them, so, OK, what, what's your vision? And their vision was to be the best housing provider in the area and bring money to our shareholders. Yeah. Um, and they got me to do some some work with the entire company. So we had to do it over three days because of the size of the company. Yeah. But going back to Simon Sinek, we got there out. Why? Why did the company exist? Why did they do their jobs? Yeah. And I just remember um, group very quickly came up, said, we've got it. We've got it. We've got it. And we said, OK, why is that? And they said, everybody needs a bed to sleep in at night. Mm. And the whole, you could see people going, yes, that's it. That's why we do it. People deserve yeah. a bed to sleep in at night. And the team that was most disengaged was the repairs team. They were the, they were the group that we were, they were really struggling yeah. with. That was the reason we were having it. And one of them stuck his hand up and said, excuse me, excuse me, could we say our bit? And I said, yeah, sure, have you got something different? They said, well, no, we just want to build on that. Not everybody deserves a bed to sleep. Everyone deserves a safe bed to sleep in at night. And I went, oh, that's good. That's a very, I like that. Wow. It's very good. Yeah. And then we, we had a coffee break. And when we came back from the coffee break, rather than go out and have a cigarette or whatever it was, they came back and said, we've been talking during the coffee break and we've come up with the why for our repairs team. And I went, oh, could yeah. we share that? And I said, yeah, sure. And they said, everyone deserves a safe bed and a broken home is not a safe home. That's why we do our job. Amazing. And the, 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 just the way they said it and the look on their yeah. faces, it was like, Passion. wow, that was yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah, and it's it get, it's getting that connection, so, isn't it? It's getting that physical thing is one thing, but getting the emotional buying into vision is so important, isn't it? And that's what it's about, and that's where I think it goes wrong that we tend to come up with these sort of, you know, it's a it's yeah. a logical thing, not an emotional thing. So I'm a massive fan of Simon Sinek. I think that's yeah. a, um, I've used that several times with other companies. Um, yeah. I had another one. In fact, the company I was working for when I was there. I wasn't part of the senior management team, but they used to bring me along to facilitate their meetings, which I thought was very good. That was, yeah. you know, my vision was to get onto the senior management team. I couldn't because my boss was on it. So, yeah. um, and I remember going along and I said to them, okay, so, and they were talking about staff engagement, said, look, you know, we, we feel that we need to do more around staff engagement. I said, okay, so, so what's the vision? What's the vision? And they said, we've been working on that. So we're going to share it with you. And I said, okay, what is it? And they said, our vision is to meet our metrics. And I, and I said, well, it's not very inspiring, is it? And they went, yeah, but that's what we have to do. That's how we're measured by the parent company. That's how we're measured against the other sites. Yeah. And I said, okay, but, but what is it we're trying to do? Why, you know, et cetera, put them into groups. Eventually they came up. We want to be the world's best manufacturer of monoclonal antibodies and rare reagents. Now that's, you know, if, if you're working yeah. there and you get up on Monday and you think, right, I'm going to go in and meet my metrics. Yeah, wow. Whereas you think, I'm going to go in, I'm going to be the world's, you know. Makes how, me want to pull the duvet that? over right now, actually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. How will we know that we're doing it? Through our metrics and what yeah. are our metrics. So, so there's a, it, it just, you know, it makes a big difference. And I'll share something with, with, with you, Norman, because you, you, you know, you're mentioning it there and, you know, with the listeners particularly, one of the reasons I realized I was so passionate, 
even at the age of 23, of helping other people. So I've always been passionate about apprentices, uh, taking people from other industries and training them in, in my industry, giving people a chance. And I realized when I read Simon Sinek's book, uh, just, just as I became a coach, looking back, that the reason behind that, and I think uh, I want to share the, the seven levels of why, because Dean Graziosi in a yes. book I was listening yeah, to yeah, just yeah. recently, we talk about seven, uh, seven questions, keep asking, asking, asking to yeah. get emotional. And at the age of 23, we found out, my wife and I, we just got married, we found out we couldn't have kids. Mm. So my... I know that I'm never going to have a child that I can leave a legacy with. I've, I know that there's nobody I'm going to be able to mold, nobody yeah. that I'm going to be able to give that chance to, to do something I never did. So the business people, my employees, my team, and the business I work with now are an extension of yes. my need to yes. actually fulfill that of not having the children to do that with. And, and it goes back from that. And, and I've, you know, I connect with that all the way through. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. So you've got to get that emotional connection, haven't you? Because you want to leave a legacy through the company, through others, yeah. etc. It's yeah. fantastic. And it's, it's not about me, it's about them. So, yes. uh, yeah, really important. 100%. So working on this with people, um, from, from your point of view of your own business, how have things been through this pandemic as we record this and you know we're hopefully in the UK we're certainly seem to be going over a bit of a, a hill at the moment and on the downward slope I'm not quite sure if there's another hill coming at some point in the future but <laughs> yeah I won't get political about that but you know how have things been for you how you know what difference has it made what things have changed for you in the way that you've done things so clearly you know I went from as I say I've been away every week really um yeah. traveling probably every other week to a foreign country so most yeah. of my time was spent in hotels on my own delivering training courses to the last trip i had was um march last year in madrid did two days right. training in madrid um to that's it i haven't been out the house right. <laughs> um so fortunately really really fortunately um at that time uh a company I was working with said we want to start delivering some stuff online because the smaller countries can't afford we can't afford to fly people out so yeah. they were looking at one of the courses that I delivered face to face could we put that online um so we did that that was a bit of work as we were doing that somebody else said oh here you're doing that online we want to do our interviewing skills online could you get involved in that so you know I ended up with a fair bit of work last year um yeah. all online all through zoom yeah. Out of which there were some coaching opportunities, which was great. Um, and I wasn't comfortable with it at all. I've never used Zoom now. Yeah. I, I do it all the time. So it's been a learning experience for me. Yeah. And I have to say, I've been talking with a few colleagues. Um, and that's the wonderful thing about the community is there's so many trainers that I connect with and we share stuff. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's a very supportive network. Um, but we, we were all agreeing it's way better than we thought it was going to be. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so it's it's not as good. I, you know, I can't yeah. wait to get back and do um, face to face. Um, yeah. But it's a lot better than we thought it would be. But providing you make it interactive, um, yeah. you engage people. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and it's very much a coaching approach where we ask lots of questions. And, and you know, yeah. so but it's 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 interesting as well. And I, I, 
I, I've, I do a lot of webinars. I've done webinars, you know, before yeah. Zoom, before Zoom even started, I was using GoToMeeting and GoToWebinar. Yeah, yeah. And I moved to, to Zoom. Uh, and I always do training, if you like, in a webinar format on yeah. Zoom. But I've actually very recently, and it's only recent, I've delivered 18 webinars for the University of Lincoln over the last 12 months. I've done a massive amount of webinars for them. And recently I've moved to the, a meeting format. And the reason I've done the meeting format is a little bit of what you've just said there normally is that uh, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not an onstage person. I don't mm. mind standing up in front of a room of people and training people and coaching people, but I'm, I'm not a stage person. And I love the interaction. I love the workshop yes. type feel. Yep. And I find the meeting version of Zoom, and I'm sure it's, it's possible on other platforms as well, much better because I can see people. I can see that they've got their head down. Yeah. You, there's more engagement it feels yes. more like being in that workshop room yes uh, and that's you, been you much better reactions yeah. yeah that's been much I think if you're doing a sales event it's difficult because you don't want two people to see that they're the only two people on it so i yeah. think people hide behind webinars in yes. that way and they talk as though there's 100 people on it and there's only two people yeah 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 and, and the meeting format obviously allows people to see how many people are in the room but you know i'd certainly recommend for anybody listening to this to consider using and, and zoom will probably hate me for this because obviously their webinar version is a more expensive version as well yeah. but yes i've been on some amazing training by some of the world's best you know tony robbins dean graziosi yeah. uh yeah my marketing coach tacky moore and they've all been on the meeting version of whatever platform it is yeah, yeah. it always seems to do so well that's a that's a great guide. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm intrigued that you said that oh, my next door neighbor is a sort of Sigma Six lean manufacturing yeah. consultant and trainer, yeah. and uh, and he said the same. You know, he really really didn't want to do it online. Yeah. And the business said, well, see for that or your contracts up. Yeah. So he yeah, went yeah. online and he said, yeah, actually, I'm not quite sure whether I want to go back to doing it face to face full time because he was four days away from home yeah. every week it's 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 you know i think providing you you know if you've got the people there and you can you can engage them it's great because you can still have those discussions um yeah. you know what i love is when the participants start talking to one another and it's not through me you know they're they're chipping in and somebody will say well i think this and someone will, well i think this great it's great really good you know yeah doesn't always happen like that you i think you have to work quite hard to get it going but the, the benefit is you know when it does finish I'm not stuck in Kiev or somewhere trying to get back from there on a, on yeah. a flight that gets cancelled, <laughs> which has happened. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday, I don't know if it's on a podcast or just on a discussion, but you know, I've got a car outside and uh, listeners, if there's any uh, eco warriors out there listening to this, you'll probably uh, hate me for this, but I've got a Jeep Wrangler that yeah. does 17 miles to the gallon. So <laughs> it's a, a V6, uh, yeah. 3.6 litre engine. And my fuel bill was twelve hundred pounds a month. Oh yeah, <laughs> before lockdown, it's yeah. now about ninety pounds a month. <laughs> so you know, it's a, it's a huge difference. Um, yeah. So, thinking about what you've learnt in this, and thinking about what you've learnt with businesses with a vision, if you could give the the listeners a tip or a lesson that they can take away that they can do something with. What would you share with Alyssa Stainholm? And then we'll talk about how they can connect to you. I think my, you know, my, my big passionate message to, to anybody is, you know, no matter how big you are, spend time 
taking your staff away, sitting them down and talking about what it is that you're all trying to achieve as a company. Um, I, fortunately, I worked with two companies where we got the entire, they, they, they said to me, can you come in and help us formulate our vision? Yeah. And I said, well, no, you're, you know, it needs to be done with the entire company. Now they had yeah. four groups come in vying for that business. We were the only one that wouldn't do what they wanted. And we ended up getting the entire company together and creating their vision. That to yeah. me is brilliant. If you can do that. Now I know a lot of companies, you have your vision or it's passed down. There's still time to take people away, sit them down and say, well, what does that mean to us? How are we going to build that? How are we going to, what's your part in that? And for yeah. even departments then to come up with their own visions within that, you know, if this is yeah. what the company, the site, what's our vision, how are we going to achieve that? That to me, and I've seen it time and a time and again, that's when you get engagement. That's when you get discretionary effort. That's when you get people motivated and they take ownership then. Yeah. And they will deliver that for you. And I, and I think listeners, you know, Norman's mentioned something very important there that I've just written down on my little post-it note. Having a vision is one thing. A lot of businesses do that. And a lot of accreditations, investors and people and things like that ask you to do yeah. missions and visions and things like that. But if you share it in the way that you just said there, Norman, you said something very important. People should be asked what's their part to play in it. Because if they can see their part that they're playing it, then they buy into it. They, they start to commit to it in the same way that the business leaders do, does it? You know, everybody in the company, you know, I've had apprentices who know what their part is in the vision of the construction company that I had, and they were part of it all the way through. Yeah. So I think, yeah. you know, listeners, you've got to ask yourself that question. If people know the, the vision, that's great. But do they know what their part is to play in it? I think that's really, really important exactly. what you've just said there. Yeah, they take that and they they say, okay, well, if that's that, what? how can we deliver that? So how can, you know, if the company's going to be the world's best at this, how can we be the world's best finance department? What are we here to do? Why are we doing that? You know, yeah. what are the best systems? Yeah, and, and I think... And to do uh, that, sometimes you have to go out, you have to look at other companies, you have to, you know, yeah. benchmark other companies invest in your yeah. staff to go and come up with new ideas new processes new systems etc yeah. and, I, and i think as well you know i hear a lot of uh, people that are prospects and you know i have the initial meeting with them i'm sure you do the same norman where people say to you that they're struggling with accountability they can't get their teams to take responsibility for results and things like very often know. yeah they don't know what their part is in the in the vision exactly. is it? and i can see that you know, very yeah, clearly. yeah yeah very clearly yeah yeah 100 yeah. So thank you for sharing that. You know, if people want to find out more about you, get hold of anything you've got, just tell the listeners uh, where people can connect with you and if there's, if there's anything else that you can uh, let people get their hands on content-wise or anything. So, so the website that I have is, um, which has just been updated, actually. Um, I've never bothered with a website before, but um, okay. it was one of those things during lockdown, I thought it's about time. I had something, but I thought. Yeah. So my website is... Uh, www.ng-training.com simple as that yep. and i know ng training isn't a very sexy name at all i yep. came up with all sorts of names but when i looked <laughs> all of those names my, my friend advised me you have to come up with something where you can get the the dot com and the dot co dot uk emails yeah. etc um and everything that i came up with catalyst and oh it was all that was gone so i ended up with just ng, NG which training. is a but it, yeah, but and unfortunately, something that's everybody remember. 
Um, so I, it's a bit boring, I'm afraid. But no, um, hopefully the website isn't now. Yeah. And what about uh, LinkedIn or any social media? You know, can people find you yeah, on LinkedIn? So I'm, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I have, I've had a lot of people recently, um, when I was through BNI talking about you need to get more presence on Facebook. I'm a bit anti that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. For me, Facebook is for sort of personal friends. I don't like being sold via Facebook. That's not no. a forum that I no. feel comfortable selling on. Whereas LinkedIn, I think that's fair game. So yeah. again, I've just started putting stuff on LinkedIn. Um, it's not something I've ever done before because. So, so they can find you on LinkedIn, Norman Grimes. So that's yes. G R I M E S. And of course, if anybody listening to this is a member of Business Networking International (BNI), look on BNI Connect and connect with you on BNI Connect as well. Fantastic! Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Uh, and the website again is all the usual www.ng-training.com.com. Dot dot Perfect. Yeah. Great. So final question uh, before we wrap it up, then, if you're going to have your next dedicated cup of tea, I'm going to use that. That's a great word. I love that dedicated tea drinker. So if you're going to have your next cup of tea in a dream location, bear in mind, you know, well, we're this... all still locked down. Man. What would that dream location be? Well, this I'm so ex- this is the question I've been waiting for, Simon, because yep. next Tuesday, yep, in the UK, we're allowed to go and stay in our overnight in holiday accommodation. Yeah, I have a holiday home in Wales on the Gower Peninsula, which is on what's what the Sunday Times recorded as one of the top fifty beaches in the world. Um, ah. So I have a, a, a static lodge there, yep. um, and I have a deck outside. Yeah. So next Tuesday, I will be sitting there with a cup of tea wow. on my deck by my yeah. beach, and I will be the happiest man in the world. Fabulous. What, what you need world. to do is take take a photo, put it on LinkedIn, and share it with all the all the I listeners so they can, when they look at your LinkedIn profile, they can see exactly what you've just described to us. I travel but, all over the world, go to all these countries. Yeah. All I want to do is get back and go to my beach in Wales. Fabulous. I've got to ask the question though, when you're sat on that deck and drinking that tea, what's your favourite time of day? First thing in the morning, I'm a, I'm a really early riser, so I get right. up before everybody else, so I go out to be quiet, sit on there when the sun's coming up first, and it's a new day, yeah. it's exciting, you plan the day ahead, it's wonderful, and it's peace and it's quiet, and it's yeah. a very, very special time, yeah. special place. Yeah, sounds sound special as well. We went to Wales a couple of years ago uh, with the Jeep Off Roading Club. And oh, uh, I've only been to Wales a couple of times, actually. It's not a place I go to very often. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, we we loved it. You know, we stayed just outside of, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Clandud now. Uh, and, yeah, it was beautiful. So we went up into the mountains through the trails. And in the evenings, we were literally near Port Maddock on the beach. Yes. Yeah, doing the stuff there. So, yeah, great. I think it's just a different headspace, you know, yeah. go there. And it's, you know, been, been locked up for a, for a year, you know, finally allowed. Um, but the UK yeah. allowed us to go. Wales weren't going to allow us to come in, but Wales <laughs> changed their mind now. So, so. So you're okay. Yeah. It's a bit like yeah. a seven bridge, isn't it? It's a, very often you can go one way, but you have to pay to go out or what, what, you have to, you used to have to pay to go one way, but not the other way. 
yeah yeah it's free now fortunately yeah. great <laughs> so thank you very much for for being on a podcast it's been great it's good to hear the story about the the football club and i'm sure more listeners will be looking and seeing how they can uh, follow and support dartford football club <laughs> and as we've heard a lot about uh, the the vision and the importance of connecting yeah. with that and in particular i think you know listeners the key thing for me that i've written down here is asking yourself or asking your team to decide what their part is that they're playing in it. I think that's really, that's a great question. Thank you very much for taking part and thank you for giving up your time. Thank you for having me on, Simon. It's been a pleasure. And of course, listeners, this is part of my mission to help businesses around the globe, as I was talking about earlier on, to become more aware. I'm sure we've all become more aware and self-aware today of, of ourselves and our purpose and our vision and better educated. And of course, we've talked about tea and you know norman asked me a question about my coffee as well so you've got a little bit about my coffee today as well uh, thank you very much for being on today's podcast and i look forward to having you on the next one bye for now <laughs>